Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Here's the blitz on third down. Car in trouble. Chris Long, welcome back. Good to have you back, number 91. He records the Rams' second sack of the afternoon. Well, the hit parade continues. He takes, retreats, sets at the 30, has to avoid the rush, can't do it. Going down for a second time here in the first quarter. Chris Long has his second sack of the season. Play action for number two. Pump fakes, wants to throw. Now he's hit, holds on too long, and nailed back at the 20-yard line by Chris Long, sack number three on the year for number 91. Highlights from the St. Louis Rams days of the great Chris Long with Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis, Pittsburgh Steelers Super Bowl champ. We head to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line and uh, Super Bowl champ from across the state, Philadelphia. Chris Long is with us. Good morning, Christopher. How you doing? Randy, what's the word, man? It's good to hear your voice. Hey, it's it's always great to have you on. I, I want to start with this, and uh, we, we get it. Your football home is Philadelphia because they have a team. You won a Super Bowl. You were really embraced by that community. And there's a lot of guys that you played with in 2017. So how excited are you about this week? I'm really excited. And so, you know, I got a St. Louis uh, Blues shirt on, and I was just on a Philly uh, show, and they asked <laughs> They were like, what's up with the St. Louis shirt the week of the Super Bowl? I said, I got to give my first home some love. So, you know, uh, it, it is weird when your team leaves uh, and you get released the, 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 the same year. It's like, you know, you kind of feel a little bit football homeless, you know, like I still have a great number of friends and supporters in St. Louis, but there's no place to come back to a game. So, you know, like ending up with the Eagles, winning that Super Bowl, um, it definitely gives me a place to come home to. And, you know, like last week I came back to uh, watch the NFC championship game with my family and it was really awesome. So, you know, it's, it's cool because there's a number of guys on that team who I played with and who won that first Super Bowl in 2017. And I think the interesting thing is in a five year span, you know, we were a young team with some veterans, you know, mixed in there through free agency and some guys who were there in 2016 uh, in 17, but we didn't have a lot of Super Bowl experience. And that includes, like, the guys who came in from, you know, uh, another team, like myself. LeGarrette Blunt had a lot of experience. Torrey Smith had some experience. But um, now those guys that learned how to win in 17 are the core of that team. You talk about, like, Jason Kelsey, um, Lane Johnson, a number of those veterans, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, guys who I played with. So, you know, it was really cool, and it was kind of surreal walking through the tunnel on the way out through, like, the press uh, area with my pops last week and seeing those guys celebrating, like, 100 <laughs> feet away. And they're like my teammates, but, um, you know, I'm on this side of it now. And so it's really cool to see that in person, uh, see those guys kind of get a, a second opportunity, and they know what it's about now. 
Hey, Chris, you speak about, you know, guys you play with. You were able to go to back-to-back Super Bowls, and, and the Kansas City Chiefs have been to the Super Bowl a few times. The Eagles still have players on that on that roster that played with you uh, in those Super Bowls. What type of experience and, and how much value does that give uh, to the younger guys that have not experienced it yet that you can tell them what to expect and how this game is going to play out and how everything should go for the entire week? No question. I think, you know, that experience, like from a game standpoint – you know, when I got to Philly, Doug Peterson had a lot of guys <laughs> get up and talk to the team. And I was one of them, uh, you know, and say, hey, tell me what you've learned, this, that, and the third. And I'm kind of chuckling to myself because I was like, man, just a year ago, I didn't know anything about winning. <laughs> uh, you know, but now I'm like the resident expert. Uh, and my message to the guys was like, hey, listen, it doesn't matter who you are. I've seen guys, you know, uh, miss their assignment. 10-year veterans in the playoffs. We've all seen it. We've all seen guys that have no experience making big, pivotal plays. So from a game standpoint, I feel like the confidence of just, you know, like even if it doesn't matter, looking over there and seeing, hey, we got LeGarrette Blunt, He's been there. We've got, you know, Torrey Smith. We've got Chris Long. You know, that stuff, even if it is a, a, a bit of a boost uh, that doesn't have a huge effect on the game, like it matters because, like you said, the young guys, they're all uneasy. They don't know what the game's about. And so I think the biggest uh, edge that you can gain from having Super Bowl experience is knowing what the week's about, not the game. You know, the game is – it's the game. You know, there's it's more pressure. It might be a little faster, but we've been playing for 24 weeks, including the preseason. Uh, what, what it is, this is a totally different animal when you touch down in Phoenix or in Houston. For me, my first Super Bowl – and I can just remember the feeling of going up to my room, and I used to, on the road, like go up to my room and get some quiet time and just kind of lay on the bed and hear nothing, you know. But when I got to Houston, I can vividly remember going up to the room and laying down, and all I could hear was helicopters and people in the lobby and <laughs> people outside and just like throngs of people. And so it really set the tone for the week. Is like this is going to be way different to to the point where each night there's different parties and like, people asking for tickets and family members in town. And, you know, even the owner has a meeting or, you know, a party on Friday night. I want to watch film and go to bed, you know, but I got to go show face at this party. And, um, you know, it's just that whole week's like that down to the, the bus ride in to the, uh, to the halftime, how long the halftime is going to be. So there's a lot of the pageantry type traditional stuff that I think guys got to get used to. And that's where the vets can really help is like this week is going to be non-standard the media day, the whole thing. Like, how do you keep your week as close to what it is the, the, the previous 24? And I think that's the biggest battle. The great Chris Long with us on 101 ESPN. And you, we're going to talk about Chris Long's week at the Super Bowl. The, the Green Light podcast is incredible. By the way, I, didn't, I, I wasn't aware of the way that you approached road games. I thought your first two years in the league, you just went up to your hotel room on the road, put your pillow over your head and cried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? Uh, after the, cu- the first couple, I think I was uh, I was broke in, and uh, yeah, I just tried to get a little quiet time. Yeah, that was all I was doing. I was watching uh, I was watching like uh, pay per view movies and that sort of thing. But you can't, you can't do that at the damn Super Bowl because you can't hear it. There's too many people outside. Hey, Chris. One of the reasons that I texted you last week, I texted you on the day that Brady retired, because as you know, you listened to me enough. You know that I wasn't a huge Brady fan. And by the way, I became one once he went to Tampa. But you kind of sold me on him when you told me the story about when you walked into that locker room for the first time. Tell us uh, the people that didn't hear that story about Brady coming up to you. 
Yeah, I always tell this story, and it's, you know, to, to people on the outside, they might not think it's a big deal, but, I, you know, I think the way Brady conducted himself in New England really impressed me as a teammate and that sort of thing, and that's why I was really on his team uh, going forward watching him play. I was, you know, I was rooting for him and that sort of thing, and uh, what a great career, but, you know, when I walked into New England, I'm one of thousands of vets, it feels like, that's walked in there kind of headhunter-type guys that are there for a year trying to you know, misfit toys that are trying to get a ring. And I remember walking in, and I was a, a good player in the league and the whole thing, but, you know, you're talking about Tom Brady. And I remember shuffling through these double doors and we were going out to, like, a walkthrough or in the lunch. And Brady walks right up to me and extends his hand, and he's like, uh, hey, Chris, what's up, man? I'm Tom. Nice to meet you. And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> like, hey, you absolutely need no introduction. <laughs> On top of that, like, who am I? You know what I mean? And, you know, I, I think most people think, oh, it's, it's a coworker greeting another coworker. It's That's the way teams are. But there's a lot of people on a football team. Tom's been, been there 20 years. And I watched him treat everybody in that building with respect, you know, to the last man in the building. Um, and, and that showed through the first time I met him. And I just thought to myself, like, you know, this is a guy that wants to connect with everybody in the room. And I think the duality of being that guy, being cool enough, you know, quarterbacks are in this weird space where it's like you want to be cool, you don't want to be too cool. You're like kind of separate from the team, but you don't want to be you, 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 you don't want to be too mysterious, right? To to walk that line and to be the guy that can chew you out on the sidelines and you know get after the O line and and throw what some people call a tantrum. But I think you know when you look at leadership in the NFL, like guys yell at each other, man. Like guys get get down each other's throat on stuff. And I think Tom being able to do both things is what made him really special. Like, he, he could definitely strike fear in your heart, especially if you played receiver. Uh, but he was also the guy that, you know, shot the breeze with you in the locker room and was down to earth even though he's dating Giselle and, you know, he's a superstar and he's just on another echelon of fame and, and, and skill. So, Chris, last week we had the unfortunate passing of Bobby Hall and we had the Kelsey brothers both going to the Super Bowl. So Randy, Rock, and I decided to, to do a family bracket for best sports families in, in all the sports. And your your family, you, yourself, Kyle, and, and your father, Howie, were matched up against the Matthews family. And I want to let you know you all came out on top, but now you're going up against the Watt family. When you think about your family and, and what you all have done and, and really the legacy of so many families throughout all the sport, what is that what is that what do you think about that and how does that make you feel? Well, it's crazy to me, you know, like it just just the odds of getting to the league are so low, right? And, you know, like to see some of these families where there's two two brothers or a dad and a kid, because you know, it's no sure thing that if you play ball, your kid's going to be able to just play football. They act like it's all just genetics or this, that, and the third. Well, where are all the, the Hall of Famers kids playing football right now? It should be one for every every one of them. And so I just think it's just, like, crazy when you look at the odds of just getting there. And then, you know, like my brother playing a long time, and I was able to play a long time. And, you know, you mentioned some of these other these other duos. It's insane to me because – you know, Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey are two different body types. <laughs> they play two very different positions. You know, their pops didn't play. Just the just the, the the sheer unlikelihood of them being not only both in the league at different positions, but two of the best of all time at their respective positions. It's crazy. So when you match us up against the Watts, I think it's gonna have to be the Watts. I mean you have to you have to take into account here that like, okay, Howie Long is a Hall of Fame guy. 
okay, J.J. is, uh, you know, a first ballot Hall of Fame guy. They're both two of the greats that ever played defensively in the league. And then T.J. Watt's well on his way to being that guy, too. So I just think at some point you've got to take into account the top-end speed of multiple guys in a family, and I just think like the Watts, uh, they should cru- not cruise, but they, they definitely should advance past the longs. It's just crazy to me, like all these great players that that uh, that we've seen. And then the Watts got another brother, too, that plays fullback. Yeah, uh, don't so forget about the fullbacks, Chris, please. We, we need love. We can't forget about the fullbacks, man. <laughs> you know, it's one of, the, one of the most important positions in football, even though go. some people have disregarded it. But, like, and, the, and, you know, Cam Hayward, he's got a brother that plays as well. Uh, you know, there's just a bunch of great football families out there, and it's incredible to me. Every time a new a new uh, little duo pops up, the Diggs brothers, the whole thing, just the sheer unlikelihood of, of how great both players are. Hey, Chris, I had a quick question because you also had a bracket last year or a year before, you and George Foster, uh, that disappeared, the outcast bracket. What happened? I, I was I was all in, and it just yeah, it didn't finish. The outcast bracket was great. I think we did wrap it up, but by that time it was so buried. You know, when you do a bracket, it's really hard to follow the links and everything and the retweets and the quote tweets. But, you know, I'm a big outcast fan. I forget who I had in my final four, uh, but me and George had a ball with that, man. Uh, who do you have in your final four? Well, I had, I had Rosa Parks was winning for me, and Elevators oh. is, is probably – those are my top two, but Rosa Parks is going to win that. No question. Uh, that's awesome. and that's a great <laughs> Y'all had him as a four seed. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did have him as a four, four seed. And, you know, some people are upset with some of the seeding, but it's so hard when you have a group that's got legitimately 64 great songs, and then you had to pick between, like, some songs from, like, Idlewild and all this yeah. stuff. <laughs> and then, you know, people want the artist storytelling part three, and you're like, damn, we – it's hard to everything. Yeah, that just speaks to how great they are. You're such a renaissance man. You're unbelievable. <laughs> okay, I got to have quick vote here, okay? So, uh, because you're a D-lineman, I know how much you love the Boses. It was the Boses and the Mannings. That was the, the, the one-seed Manning against the A-seed Boses. Yeah, I, I think it's the Mannings because, you know, you weight the, the quarterback position uh, pretty heavily, right? And just the fact that both the brothers won Super Bowls, the dad was a hell of a player. Um, and Peyton's one of the best to ever do it. I don't think the Boses are at that point yet where we can say they're one of the best to ever do it, any of them, right? But um, they're great players. Okay, so Kelsey's and, and Sharps. Well. Shannon in the Hall of Fame. Sterling should probably be in the Hall of Fame against the Kelseys. Yeah, Sterling was super underrated, and, you know, uh, just because of Shannon's visibility, I think a lot of people think it was Shannon Sterling, but I don't think that's necessarily true. I would go, I'd go Kelsey's just because they're – because they're two of the best that ever did it at their respective positions. And so are the Sharps. But, like, Kelsey's one of two or three best tight ends ever, and, and, you know, you could make the argument for Jason as well. And that Matthews family, man, they were – you guys beat the Matthews family. That's a tall task to beat the Matthews family. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, I got great respect for that family. I mean, watching young Clay and, um, you know, older Clay Matthews and – all those guys, and then Bruce in there. So, like, they're just a hell of a thing. And, uh, Christopher, one last thing here before we let you go. And, by the way, we, we should mention that as Chris traversed his career, numbers 72 and 91 in St. Louis, 95 in New England, and then 56 in Philadelphia. Those four numbers wind up being 314 when you add them all together. So that makes sense. But you're headed to, you're, you're headed to Arizona. What do you have on the Greenlight Pod coming up this week? 
Oh, man, it's going to be fun. I'm taking my whole crew out there, uh, you know, some of our producers and that sort of thing, and some of the guys that I make content with. And we got an Airbnb, so we're going to set up and do some some uh, some kind of in-person interviews. I, I think we're talking about getting Joe Montana, so that'd be a lot of fun. And, you know, like guys like that, you know, because you never know who's hanging around Super Bowl. And then we're doing like a debate-style show for Miller Lite on Thursday, which people can check out uh, on my social and, and, and tune in for. But, like, we just – it's really fun. It's like, as you guys know, it's like the the repetition of being in the building with the same people every day and just talking sports. And this is one of those holidays where we get to go and actually enjoy it. We're kind of on vacation together. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're, we're building something. So I'm excited that we get to go out there and make some content. Have a great time. Always great to hear your voice, Christopher, if we can ever do anything for you. And we'll do something during the off season with water boys and with all of the great things that you're doing to, to help save the world. But we know you're busy now and uh, it's always great to catch up with you. Thanks for the time. Yo, it's great to hear y'all. Uh, and I'll catch you soon. All right, brother. Take care.